if you don't think you're tired, you're probably tired. Mm -hmm. If you think you're tired, then you're probably weary. If you think you're weary, you're probably exhausted. Mm -hmm. And if you think you're exhausted, you're probably heading toward burnout. And it could be God kind of throwing you a safety rope. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. I'm Alan. And I'm David Bloom. And we're kind of going to invite you into an open conversation today. As you're listening to this, it's summer. We hope you've been getting outside. It finally stopped snowing here in Colorado, so it finally feels like summer. Um, hopefully you're having some fun and some recreation this summer. We'll keep talking about that a lot on the podcast, but I think we have an interesting topic that we get to, um, kind of breathe a little bit of life into today. We hope bring some clarity and we're kind of just going to let you into an open conversation today. So David, uh, just share a little bit what's behind this podcast and why are we opening up this conversation today? Yeah. As you guys know, we, we talk a lot about Sabbath. We talk a lot about rest and regular rest, um, during our weeks. So at least one day a week in which you're detaching, you're finding rest that's not just um, crashing, but restorative rest in our lives. And so we're going to talk about something that's along that theme of rest, but uh, to kind of a greater degree. And that's this idea of sabbatical, which is this break or rest from work, but at a longer period of time than just one day where you have this moment to to gather your thoughts, to seek clarity. And it's interesting for me because I'm in a season where I'm actually preparing for sabbatical. I'm doing a lot of work up front, even on this podcast, to make sure that I can rest fully, detach myself from all forms of work uh, over this summer. So by the time you guys listen to this, I'll probably be on sabbatical or I'll have just finished my sabbatical for this summer. So I'm excited about it, but I'm also trying to figure out what does this look like and how do I make the most of my time? How do I do it well? Um, and so that this sabbatical can be the most effective uh, thing that that I need and that God speaks through it. So let's start from the top, Alan. You've been on a sabbatical. You've coached people through their sabbatical. Why does sabbatical matter? I'm a huge fan of sabbatical. And by the way, I'm picturing you this summer, like renting an island and just, you know, drinking margaritas and just having your feet in the sand. I'm assuming you're kind of expecting that this summer. Yes, I have copious amounts of money. So that is what I will be doing, renting my own island. You're kind of a big deal. We, we already kind of know that here, but um, regardless of what we may think of sabbatical, it's not that. Uh, the why behind sabbatical, I would say anybody in any kind of caregiving profession, especially um, should be thinking about that. If you have any power to create, you know, bylaws or processes, or you're in an elder team, or for high-level CEOs, I mean, almost every industry is moving um, to this idea of sabbatical or at least extended breaks. Are thinking about more vacation time. So I'm encouraged by that. I think we realize the wear and tear on our souls, hearts, bodies, minds is huge. So. I'm excited for this conversation. And so I just think the why of that is a space to step out of your regular everyday, the grind, the stress. Um, and honestly, new creativity and new calling often comes out of sabbatical. And so the, the why for that is I think is the best way that we can care for people long term. Um, in our organizations, we talk about health and longevity. 
what better way to build that in than to be able to create sabbatical? Now, it's not easy. You're going to have to plan for it. The organization's going to lose something when that happens. But there's so many great things, too. There's leadership development. One of the whys that I love is people rise up and new leaders are developed. And um, in your absence, somebody else is going to have to step up. And often we have a leadership development problem in our organizations. You got it. You got it covered. So nobody ever rises up. And uh, I've been on two sabbaticals and honestly, they jacked me up in the best and worst way. So hopefully that's encouraging to you, but um, I make no, I mince no words about that, that, that they jacked me up. I, I took two 10 week sabbaticals, so kind of teacher summers and um, honestly has shaped my life, my leadership, my thinking. Um, not the easiest to break away and to plan for that. And so David, I'm just excited for you. I talked to a leader this morning. Um, I talked to one last week. Um, going on sabbatical, not knowing what to expect. So um, a little bit of what's behind it, some, a couple things to expect. Number one, expect disorientation. It's just, it doesn't match what you're oriented to do. You're going to have some different expectations that you're going to need to think about. And so if you just think about sitting on the beach the whole time for several weeks, by the way, that sounds boring to most leaders after just a few days, uh, you're going to be going, what actually am I supposed to do? And that's the hard thing is we are human beings, but we've been sort of programmed in our culture to live as human doings. And so it's going to strip a lot of things away uh, for you this summer. So a question that kind of throw back at you, um, you know, expectation wise, what are one or two things you're expecting or hoping um, to get out of the sabbatical this summer? Yeah, I think um, just giving myself space because this has been a, a bit of a disorienting season for me. There's been a lot of transition. There's been a lot of change. Um, and I can get more into that story in a, a future podcast, but, um, I'm, I'm in a season where there's disorientation. And so for me to, uh, kind of remove myself from my context, allow myself the space and the time to reflect and think, um, for the most part, it's easy to be on autopilot to the extent where you're neglecting or dismissing real things under the surface. Um, real uh, desires within your heart, real um, kind of things behind the things, um, things behind behavior, feelings behind behavior and things like that. So for me, it's giving that space to to dig in to this last season, to reflect, um, to, to process and move forward. So for me, I'm going to be journaling a lot, which is a discipline, honestly, that I've neglected for a while. And I'm going to ask myself, specific questions in specific categories. Like what are, what are 10 things I learned about leadership? What are 10 things I learned about team, the good and the bad from this last season of ministry from, you know, even the last, this will be my first sabbatical in seven years of full-time ministry um, to truly process that and learn and like dig kind of plumb the depths of my, my experience and my leadership. Um, that's an expectation, but the question is, how do you do that? You know, like how do you frame that? How do you make sure you're asking yourself th the right questions? How, it, like, a rest or a break from something seems so aimless, and that's where I think sabbatical scares people. Of what do I do with myself for that period of time? And so to structure it and to frame it is is probably the the thing that I'm struggling with, but the thing that I think is the most important way to get the most out of it. So when you think practically of when you coach people through sabbatical and after you've had two yourself, how do you structure 
a time, like a, a time that's void. It's like a void, right? And you're like, it's a black hole of what do I do with that? Scary. <laughs> yeah. And so how do you structure that? So it's, it's restorative. It's not just a, a, you know, a month long crash, but it's restorative and it's effective at reorienting your heart and your life towards what God has for you. Yeah, man, everybody, I'm kind of laughing inside, thinking about some of my expectations going into my first sabbatical. Older guys said, um, man, you just need to like buy a motorcycle and just go hit the mountain roads uh, every day and fly fish. And I'm like, how old were your kids again during sabbatical? And so just having little kids, we really saw it as, well, the expectations are need you're going to need to change. We are definitely not just going to be sitting on a beach the whole time. And so um, first of all, I would say acknowledge your fears. Because if you can acknowledge your fears, that's hitting the bottom of the pool, and then you can come up from there. Um, and so I think if our fears are we're not going to accomplish enough, we've already lost. So if we think about our fears, um, then we can acknowledge those, we can live into those. But unfortunately, a lot of guys, their fear is not producing enough, needing to go back changed and with amazing teaching or sermons or writings. And so because of that, we've already loaded it with the wrong expectations. So we've essentially just gotten productive in a different area. And that's like the academic model. They give you a sabbatical, but it's just to go write a book. I've written books. That is not the most relaxing work in the world. It, it sounds great, um, but it's not the most relaxing work in the world. So they're actually shifting the kind of work. So make sure to see it as an opportunity and a gift, not just a chance to work deeper. So before we even get into the how and the process and the what to expect, make sure to identify what are your fears coming in. And if you've been on a sabbatical, you're probably laughing. You had some fears that came out halfway through and you realized uh, one of the fears for me was I can't hide behind my time at work anymore. Is that, man, I better be pulling my weight at home. I better be cleaning and cooking meals and spending really, really good time with my kids because really my only job title, if I can even call it that, is God's kid, a husband, and a dad. And I'm like, man, like nobody really needs me outside of that. And actually, um, I was kind of delighted and a little bit fearful as well because I didn't get many texts or calls. I, I just told people I wouldn't be available and they believed me. And so it doesn't stroke your ego at all. So deal with your fears, first of all. Secondly, realize it's going to be disorientation. It feels great to wake up with no plans for like two days. And then suddenly you're like, what am I going to do? And so uh, planning is actually a huge piece of it. And so if we don't plan, then you're going to be really disoriented. It's going to be really unhealthy. And I know some leaders later that said, I think if I planned better, it would have been effective. I'll talk in a little bit about some of the things to plan in there, but I'm a big fan of put a vacation uh, on that. Put, uh, you know, every Tuesday night, we're going to have date night. Uh, I'm going to exercise, you know, X amount of times, or there's a thing I've always wanted to do. A friend of mine fished four different rivers that he wanted to, and he did that upfront and he camped for four days and it was so low time and he felt so refreshed. But obviously he went back to kids. So it wasn't just refreshing all the time. He's changing diapers and those kind of things. Uh, secondly, is I would say, deal with your expectations. Put clearly on paper what your expectations are, what your spouse's expectations are, because truthfully, they're going to be different. I was coaching a guy this past season and his wife had to work really hard and didn't get a sabbatical and his kids were in school. And so he's like, what do I do with myself all, all week long? Uh, and so being an extrovert, he was thinking, man, how do I meet that need with people? And I remember at the end of our first coaching assignment or coaching session, his only assignment was to dust his kayak off and get back out on the river. 
because he said, I have neglected play. And that was one of his big expectations is to have some fun. And so I think that's really important is the expectations piece of that. Um, let me give a, a couple things, David, to expect. Number one, detox, like physical detox. You may not have been sleeping enough. You may have taken on extra stress, maybe just tiredness, energy drain. Um, and you might go, whoa, like when the adrenaline comes down, you know, four or five days into vacation, when the adrenaline comes down and you get even more tired. So a friend of mine went on sabbatical and he said, man, my goal is to take as many naps as my body will let me. And so he did one a day, maybe two a day kind of thing. And he had that ability to do that and just expect a level of detox. You're not going to be running on stress. You're actually going to be able to ask the father uh, and your spouse and your kids, um, you know, whatever life stage you might be in, what to expect. So number one, David, expect detox. Um, number two, uh, that rest piece. Define what you mean by rest. For me, it's restful to go out for a hike, but sure, I love a nap as well. Uh, Maybe restful for you to you know go see a movie with a friend, um, but that's really really key to figure out what's the level of sleep, what's the level of rest. Or maybe you may have little kids, and so your rest is not going to look or feel very restful in that sense. So define your expectations there. Uh, this one feels really wrong, but we need to talk about it. Figure out who in your life is a life giver and who's a life taker. You know that person that you answer the phone or you see who's calling and you have that split second decision, should I answer this on my day off or my Sabbath or not? And the person that you pick it up is generally the person that's life-giving. You can't wait to hear how they're doing because they've given you life. So actually defining who are the life givers and who are the life takers in my life. Again, sounds awful, but we're going for ridiculously practical here. And so I think if David and I would have this conversation, we're just going to go ahead and let you into that today. And so uh, define who gives you life and who takes life and be open to going out with those people because they're probably friends. And maybe then you can call them up, but hopefully you've already cleared the expectation that you're probably not going to hear from me for a few months. So then if you call and want to get together with them, they'll feel really valued by that. So rest is big. Relationships are big. Think about expectations in all of this. The next one is actually your posture. Know that this isn't something that you earned, but it's something that God's given you as a gift. Your leadership has given you as a gift. Hopefully it isn't loaded with expectations. Hopefully you don't have to write a book or something like that in the meantime. So have a posture to just receive God's good gifts. Maybe it's receiving time in a hammock. Maybe it's receiving a really fun day away with your kids. Maybe it's receiving a great meal. Somebody may give you a gift card. Sometimes churches just bless the socks off their leaders and like pay for a vacation. Uh, awesome. Just receive it. You didn't earn that, but you get it. I think at the core of sabbatical, it's not a raise. It's not... Um, you know, an extra week of vacation because your performance, it's literally a gift from God through leadership um, that that has approved it. Um, the next one in, in your planning process is actually plan your time. Plan your time really well. Um, I think if, if you don't plan, then you're going to get out of whack. And, and I'm a big fan of putting just enough structure there. Maybe if it's an adventure day, maybe you say on Fridays, I want to get out in creation. Cool. But at least mark it off as that. Uh, maybe there's one or two people you've wanted to get together with for a long time, one or two activities you want to do, put them on the calendar. At Stay Forth, we say that takes dreams into reality. We actually have a planning tool for that called the Goal Creation Journey. And so make sure that you practice what we preach here, David, is actually putting those uh, into, into play and actually on your schedule and, and agreeing on them. So 
Uh, give me some thoughts on that. Is maybe one or two of those things sticking out as some of the what of sabbatical? Yeah, I think the the posture piece of of just the ability to receive a gift. In a pastoral work is, I think it attracts people who who have difficulty in receiving gifts. Yeah, we're pretty awful at that. Let's just admit it. Yeah, and so there's there's a, I mean that's a flaw, especially when we from a ministry standpoint, if if I believe in the gospel, right? That it was a, a gift given by God only by grace, not by my own merit. Yet, I believe that theologically. I believe that in my head. But sabbatical is kind of a a place in which we get to live into that reality, that there are gifts that we do not deserve, and are we able to receive them? And I think if I'm honest, there are moments where I would say, no, I'm not good at receiving gifts, and there's a level of guilt or there's a level of maybe even shame that I don't deserve this, that I didn't produce enough to, to deserve this or um, whatever it is. I think that's going to be something that I need to deal with up front, maybe even before I take it um, to really wrestle with where is this coming from? Why am, why am I struggling to receive it? Is it a cultural thing? Is it an internal thing? And so that's what I'm going to um, try to tackle beforehand and early on so that I can truly with open hands, just receive from God, receive from others, receive from um, my wife, who's going to be letting me take this sabbatical. Um, I don't have kids at the moment, so um, that makes it a little easier to receive it. But I think ultimately that's what I'm going to, going to struggle with the most is that, that kind of guilt of not producing, not getting something done, what other people think, of this, like some people don't have a favorable view of sabbatical. And so that bleeds into your perception of it. Should I really be taking, you know, for me, it's going to be a combined five weeks off. Um, but some of that is family vacation, which is always the most restful. I won't tell your family. If your family's listening, <laughs> yeah, he still loves you. I absolutely love my family, but sometimes you need a vacation from your vacation, um, depending on how it is. And so, Basically, there's there's all sorts of things that contribute to this sense of of guilt and a struggle to receive it, and that's what I want to process. Up that's front. great. That's it's such a good start um, because it is it's so different from vacation. Because vacation, in your mind, you know, I have X amount of days to spend, and guys, use it or lose it. How many vacation t- days get left on the table? It's stupid. Use all your vacation. Yes. But really, if you think about it, it's a perk or benefit of the job. Yeah. So you could actually say, I earned this. Yeah. It was, it was given to me at the start of it. You work this amount. And so there's kind of an exhaustion going into that, but there's like, oh, okay, cool. We've saved some money for this, mm-hmm. but this is completely different. And so I'd say um, it's not, somebody said to me recently, oh, I'm taking a three-week sabbatical. I'm like, that sounds like a nice vacation. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm a huge fan of kind of batching uh, your vacation time together and taking a long, you know, three or four week if you can. Um, but I'd say anything longer than about three weeks you're going to realize, man, I could go stir crazy if I don't just make other plans. Uh, and so and I, sometimes people just go and like work on their house the whole time and like, it was more stressful. I want to go back to work. So hopefully it's not that for you. I know there's a lot of people uh, coming in that just, again, disorientation is the word. People aren't talking about this. So we want to get in the way and have this practical conversation. You may take it years from now and then realize, oh man, I was given a sabbatical didn't know how to deal with it. Maybe there's a friend who is on sabbatical or is heading on sabbatical. Please send them this episode. We want to be helpful 
Um, and so again, it's like David and I are just sitting at a table. This is the conversation we would be having uh, if you guys weren't listening. And so we just happen to have a mic today. Um, a couple more thoughts, uh, kind of a, a quick fish story. All right, we got to tell some fish stories. I swear they're mostly true. Last week, I got to go to Canada and I was invited there by just an incredible ministry and organization. Uh, there were 10 of us. We ate amazing food. We, yes, caught a lot of big fish. I do have some pictures to prove to prove that. Uh, just had a blast. Leadership conversations in the back of the boat, long sunsets, campfires, amazing food, amazing drinks. So it's kind of like the Phoenix fill-up and our Stay Forth, Go Forth experiences. This time, though, I was on the other end of the table. And the orientation talk was this. You didn't earn this time. This is a gift. And maybe you've gotten a little too wrapped up in your identity as serving other people. This week, you are going to be served. And they sort of forced us into that that place. Hmm. Man, it was hard. We were not allowed to do our dishes. We were not allowed to build the fires. Hmm. Even things that I enjoy doing, we weren't allowed to grab more than just our personal gear that week. And it was hard. I'm a grown man. I can grab that. I know how to pull my weight. And um, it was so good for me to just receive that gift. So kind of the posture thing that you're saying, I think we all get wrapped up in that. And uh, you know, I'll be praying for you during your sabbatical. If, By the way, if you are on a sabbatical now, reach out to us, send us an email, shoot us comments. We'd love to hear things you would add to this or just other maybe questions that you have, things that I can address. I can maybe throw out a Facebook um, video there on our Stay Forth site, but we want to be as practical um, as, as possible at all. So we could talk for you know a really long time about this. And if you haven't listened to our podcast with AJ Swoboda, go back through there. He talks about subversive Sabbath. And I think that'd be a great start to build off of, but it's just different than taking yeah. one day off and going, when else in life do you get given you know five, seven, 10 weeks without expectations? You better do some planning and do that well. And of course, leave some space and time for God to move in that. So David, what else? Uh, questions you're thinking about? How can I be helpful to you as you head into sabbatical? Yeah, I think the other thing that I'm trying to discern between um, is what is what is truly joy and then what is distraction? So I'm not going to struggle with play. Like I've got road trip ideas out the wazoo. I mean, I'm just, I want to build a bed platform with a drawer and a grill in it and just explore all these amazing places. And for me, that's that's really important. Um, that's really filling for me. I connect with God in nature. I love exploring new things and seeing new things and just the beauty of creation. But um, if I'm not careful, that can be a, a means of distraction. Like distraction is one of our, Number one, at least for me, one of my number one ways in which I can dismiss or ignore the, the real things that are going on in my heart. Um, and the thing about it is we can be distracted for the whole day if we want to. The endless amount of streaming and media and music and uh, just opportunities that we have. And so for me, I don't want to fill it with with joyful things Um if I'm trying to distract myself from from going to to places that I need to go, um, and processing things that I need to process, so those are some things where I'm trying to discern. Whenever I'm entering into this moment of joy that I'm going to go play, hey, is this distraction or is this you know truly life giving and for the sake of joy? Because they're on the surface, they're both the same thing. But what's my motivation? And so balancing this time with um, getting away, playing, but also digging in um, to some real 
real conversations with myself and God and with others to, to process the last season and to um, kind of prepare myself for, for the next. Yeah, I love that. It's the look back and look ahead. And I don't think we can properly look ahead until we've looked back. And you were saying it earlier, sometimes we just get so busy. I mean, busy is a four-letter word. But we can literally just get so busy that we don't even know how we're doing. Mm-hmm. We we don't even know um, the own kind of depths of our heart and soul in that time or how am I doing? We don't know how tired we are until we stop. And see, mm-hmm. sometimes we're way more tired than we think or our body. we just kind of been running on stress or caffeine or whatever else. And so um, I hope that you have some amazing time sitting in a chair, that long cup of coffee, reading whatever book you want to mm-hmm. or not, put it down, pick it back up. And I, I remember thinking during sabbatical, I can actually read whatever I want to because professionally, I always need to be growing and sharpening and learning. And it was helpful for me to say, here's the kind of books I just like to read. There's no particular reason that this will give me some ROI. And so um, just almost that idea of God kind of curing us of some of our productivity or healing us um, from that. Because sometimes it's like, how do I justify this 30 minutes reading this book or whatever? And we can sort of nickel and dime our time and our energy to death. So, man, super excited for you. Um, One of the things that I think is really important to realize is sabbatical has gotten a really bad name talked about the academic circles, go write a book and accomplish something. But really, I've seen a lot of the oh crap sabbatical where elders or leadership team lets a a pastor um, go and really they probably already know that they're beyond burned out. I mean, they're toasted. They're crispy when they leave. And it's either go look for jobs somewhere else, which isn't sabbatical. It's looking for jobs. It's in between, which is nice that they've given them that time. It's just not a sabbatical. And then the other one is just, they're so far gone, but they're hoping, oh man, I hope they can pull it together and I hope they can recover uh, and rest. And again, I think there's a good heart in that, but it's given sabbatical a bad name. So I'm glad that you're healthy um, as you go off on sabbatical. And one of the things that that I say is if, if you don't think you're tired, you're probably tired. Mm-hmm. If you think you're tired, then you're probably weary. If you think you're weary, you're probably exhausted. Mm -hmm. And if you think you're exhausted, you're probably heading toward burnout. And it could be God kind of throwing you a safety rope. So I love when leaders go in um, healthy and and in a pretty good spot and discerning new things. Um, And honestly, I hate when leaders go into it and it's kind of that last safety rope. So God will do whatever and use whatever. But if you're listening to this, and have a view of sabbatical that's it's not good, I would ask you to examine your heart. Where's that coming from in your story? I think a lot of times leaders who are jealous that somebody else gets to take a break um, end up being very resistant to Sabbath. I've heard a lot of leaders say, well, in my company, I've never you know gotten a sabbatical or taken one. And I'm like, great. Well, maybe you should. Like yeah. you sound like a warrior. Maybe yeah. you should take that or get to receive that. Um, David, I'm just curious. Uh, I mean, you're probably gonna do a lot of fun stuff. What's what's one fun thing um, that you're just looking forward to during this time? Yeah. Uh, again, my wife and I like to travel, and so um, we have a 2008 Honda CRV with severe hail damage. If that gives you a good picture, um, powder blue, maybe baby blue, but I I don't like to think of my car as having a baby. It's blue. Just a baby. Yeah. So I'm gonna basically build that into a, um, like a road trip vehicle with, with a bed in it. And, um, you're going to put like, is it gonna be like the Oscar Mayer Wiener mobile or something? You're gonna like put a banana on top of it or a pickle. Yeah. 
yeah. something really cool. Yeah, of course, but also aerodynamic. So basically, um, for us, we're in a season of life where we have the ability to travel, my wife and I, and we love it. And um, it'll give us ton of uh, road miles in the car to to talk and process. And but then also these shared experiences um, for my wife and I to just just delight in. I mean, truthfully, when we get in front of you know amazing views and vistas and um, get to try out new coffee shops and, and new restaurants. So, I mean, we're going to be dirt bagging it pretty cheap by living in our car. Um, but the the kind of experiences that we're hoping to have through that um, are, are really, really exciting. And I mean, it's just as it gets closer. I, I mean, like I'm I'm like a little kid, a giddy little kid. So. Those are some of the things we're going to go to um, Yellowstone, which we haven't been to yet. Grand Tetons, um, try to avoid getting mauled by a grizzly bear, but like we love wildlife and nature and um, we haven't been to either of those parks yet. And then we'll swing up uh, to Glacier and then Idaho and then hopefully parts of the Pacific Northwest. So we're still planning some of that out, but we don't want to overfill it to where we're just exhausted from the road trip, give ourselves enough space and margin to just slow down and maybe even let, let ourselves pivot. But, um, yeah, we're, we're like stoked about that. So it'll be about a week and a half of a road trip and then the rest will just be hanging around locally and hiking and fishing. And yeah, when we live in Colorado, it's not like we have to escape to that, but even wherever you're tuning in from, you've got a lake nearby or you've got a forest nearby or you've got friends with ATVs or a cabin or, you know, whatever else. Like there's something that you can enjoy doing. Again, it's going to look different in different seasons, man. That sounds awesome. Um, what if it, what if it didn't though? Like, what if I was like, David, that's dumb. Like, what would you do? Would you start crying? Yes. Right here on the podcast. I mean, yeah. And I wouldn't edit it out. Even though I edit these, I, I would keep it in just cause I think it'd be important for everyone. We're to just hear. trying to be vulnerable here yeah. on this side of the mic. I, uh, just, it's interesting because somebody might see that and go, really? Like, yeah, that's fun or that's relaxing. Some oh, yeah. people love to work on their house. And so t- to them, maybe it sounds awesome to paint your house. That sounds like yeah, the sounds worst terrible. way I could spend my time. Yeah. Um, but so even as I say those things, if you go, man, like that's what I love to do. If you're already in the context of your neighborhood, I remember we spent more time with our neighbors and had more long evenings and, and all of that. And so uh, I would just encourage you to think about those those areas of fun and play. They may feel a little bit weird or dumb or petty, but go for it. And I would encourage you, you might be listening to this and you're like, four, like I don't even know what I would do with one week, let alone two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks. I have no idea what I would do because potentially, um, and, and we all struggle with this, you might not know what rest looks like. You might not know the things in your life that fill you outside of ministry production or outside of your job performance or outside of your work. And so if you're kind of sitting there wondering, I don't know what I would do. I don't know how I'd fill that time. I feel like I would be twiddling my thumbs and just itching to get back to work. I would encourage you in the moment right now to start experimenting with what is life-giving, what is restful, what um, fills your tank versus what kind of drains your tank. And so I'm not saying go get a hobby, start crocheting and things like that, but what are the things in your life which you get to participate in? Maybe it's a cup of coffee with a good friend and that's filling and you'll just have more of that in that season. But I would encourage you, if you don't know how you would spend a week, two weeks with that gift, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, then I would encourage you to start processing what does rest look like in my life now? 
what are the things that are filling? What are the relationships that are filling? And start having these conversations with your spouse, with your friends, um, because that's probably a symptom that um, you're not resting and you don't know what rest looks like. Yeah, if you, you. Can't, if you can't handle a week, can't handle two weeks, how would you be able to handle five weeks? And so I, I at some point, I think it's a stewardship piece. Super excited for you, David, really pumped for travels, you know, fish you're going to catch places you're going to sleep with amazing views, what, whatever it ends up being for you. If you're listening to this, I just want to give you a bold challenge is that find an area you're going to play this summer and put it on the calendar, like actually make it happen. It's one of those things that we just think, oh, it's not that important. And a lot of people get to the end of summer and say, where did summer go? I didn't have any fun this summer, especially if you've got kids. I mean, vacation is for those memories and that play. It may not be the most restful thing in the world. You may need a vacation from your vacation when you get back, but play and delight and whimsy are things that we just forget about in the process. I know in the seasons where I'm stressed, it's kind of the last thing I'm thinking about. And that old phrase, don't ask a man what he wants for dinner when he's drowning. And if you feel like you're overwhelmed in life and you're saying, it doesn't matter, I'll figure that out later. No, summer's the time. Just take, I mean, a weekend at least. Get away. If you've been talking about getting away with your spouse, you've been talking about doing that thing with your kids. My boys and I love to go camping in the summer. Uh, my family as well. My daughter's just not as as easy uh, maybe to cajole into that. And the boys just love it. They take their shirts off and we're like off-roading. And they just like, we, get, we have hatchets for them. I mean, it's the little things. Yeah. It costs us zero dollars to go. We just find national forest land. But those are some of the things I'm really excited about. Guys, if you're listening to this, of course, we would love for you to rate and review it. We tell you that every time. But two more suggestions. Karen Harper, one of our Stay Forth coaches, just wrote an amazing article on fun, scheduling in your fun this summer. So head over to stayforth.com, click on blog, and you'll be able to see that. It's a great article. And Karen is one of the best they've ever met at scheduling fun into her life and therefore into her leadership as well. And secondly, the challenge uh, that I just gave you to be able to put that on the calendar, sit down, uh, schedule out your vacation, your time, put that on the calendar. Would love to hear back from you what you've scheduled uh, and eventually tell us you know, what you did and how that trip was. I love hearing those kind of stories. Last thing, if you are on sabbatical, share this with someone around you so they can understand sabbatical better. If you know somebody that this can connect with, um, whatever else that might be. So kind of like sending out David into a sabbatical. So I don't know how to do that. I don't know what like the official language is. Like go forth, my friend, but please come back. Um, do some cool stuff. I don't know the right like sabbatical benediction, but man, so pumped for you. Have an amazing time, and we will continue listening to this on the road. Yep. <laughs> I don't know how to. How, how do we end that? Yeah, that, that. Uh, I don't think we can. Well, signing off. See you later. Shot, shot. We ain't